and welcome to Feed and Flourish, the bite-sized podcast series from the Closters Forum with me, Hannah McInnes. In this series, I'll be talking to experts about biodiversity and about ways in which we can transform our food systems in order to positively preserve our planet. The Closters Forum brings together thought leaders and decision makers in the Swiss Alps to inspire discussions and cultivate collaborations around some of the world's most pressing environmental challenges. So hi everyone, my name is Roger and I'm part of Blue Horizon. What I do all day long is to invest in alternative protein companies and to yeah, push to transition, transition to a more sustainable food system. I believe highly in plant-based food and later down the road in other alternatives. And that's what we are working on. How did you personally get into this and, and why? What motivated you to move into this area? Yeah, it was uh, probably the perfect way. I, I had a partner uh, seven years ago and uh, she started to serve me uh, the green smoothies from Whole Foods and told me this is your new coffee in the morning. And then she told me that I shouldn't eat meat and drink milk anymore and cheese is off the table and off the menu. <laughs> so I, I was force feeded vegan food. And uh, after a few weeks, I really liked it. And uh, I understand uh, the ethical point, obviously, but also after a month or two, I felt much better physically. Uh, I was better in running, better in yoga. Uh, so I said, oh, okay, now it's better for the animals. It's better for me. So I started to dig in deeper and deeper and uh, figured out uh, this is better for the environment as well. And uh, it's becoming a business. And uh, here we are. I was going to ask you that later on, but seeing as you've mentioned it. So would you say first and foremost then for you in your investment and in your life this is about health or about the biodiversity loss and the environmental reasons yeah i i think it's 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 really uh many reasons to do it my main driver if you ask me personally it's ethics i think we shouldn't eat other beings i'm totally convinced by now about that but obviously an additional strong motivation is that i feel physically much better since I eat like this. Uh, so the combination of doing something good and feeling better yourself, uh, this is really convincing. When you then learn uh, that the way you eat is better for the environment, uh, it, it's just uh, another reason on top of it. So, so, so for me, it's a combination of all the three factors, uh, better for the animal, better for me, better for the environment. Uh, it's a yeah, perfect storm. <sighs> So, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, so the environmental reasons came after, but of course, no less um, crucial or important and in many ways, the most important factor, I, I suppose, when considering who to invest in. And I mean, how do you decide? Because your investments are far and wide in, in plant-based protein. Uh, how do you decide who to invest in? Yeah, I have two answers to that. One answer is I learned from a VC investor that invested in me 30 years ago. When I asked him how he decides, he told me, Roger, it's three things, team, team, and team. <laughs> and I strongly believe in this. Whatever they show you, whatever the market is, if you have the right team, they will figure it out. Even if their plan that they present today is totally wrong and their product doesn't work, uh, but the right team will figure it out. Uh, when you dig a little bit deeper, uh, there are obviously other factors and uh, we focus very strong on two additional factors when we like the team that is presented to us. 
And one of the factors is obviously the product because it's food and because plant-based is available now. You can look at it, you can smell it, you can taste it. Uh, we we want to like the product. It needs to be a good product. And I like to show it to friends and retailers and some chefs I know in restaurants. And if they like it too, and not just me, because I may be biased, uh, then I really have a strong argument to invest. Uh, then there comes the third factor, and then we are done. The third factor is, is the product and the technology that is presented to us able to scale and to undercut the cheapest meat alternative on the market? And, and when we see the team is good, the product is good, and if they scale down the road, they will be able to produce it cheaper than the original chicken or the original burger or the original sausage, uh, then we are really eager to invest. That third point is very interesting to me because I have not seen that in my experience in in my investigations in sort of my research that plant-based options are still very much the most expensive least easy option for kind of time and cash pressed people and families and I, I wondered if you believe that we can change that then everybody in the industry believes that and and it's it's a it's a very difficult uh, uh, calculation to make is uh, when you when you look how how uh, animal protein is produced is uh, look at the animal as a machine so so look at the cow and the cow uh, you, you you feed it or the cow eats grass and then it gets transformed into meat and then uh, finally you slaughter the animal when we produce plant-based burgers or plant-based chicken strips we replace the animal with a machine with a real machine and, and we put plants in and out comes the plant-based product with all the negative side effects of methane gaze and slaughtering and and the cow having to live for a few years so, so that said, is, is if we replace the animal with a machine, and it's only a question of scale until this process will be cheaper. Obviously, when the first electric car did hit the road, it was far too expensive and, and, and not as strong and fast and durable than a fossil fuel car. Now we have reached a point where the electric cars are just better in any means. And this exactly same will happen with plant-based food. It's a question of better technology and in a question of uh, scaling to production. The, the volume today is still very, very small. So this is why these companies, they need uh, a price premium to survive. At the but even if we do get to that place, there's a long way to go, wouldn't you say, before we bring the majority or a big majority of the population over to plant based eating or changing the way things have been done for centuries i mean i know there's a big groundswell at the moment but particularly older generations i be, I, I believe you're right i believe you're right it's it's it, it will not happen overnight it will not happen in the next three to five years it will accelerate but when uh, I, I like i like always to go back to the electric car example it, it i think it took it took about 15 to 20 years from the first electric car to the situation now where the whole industry has pledged to go fully electric and first governments already have announced targets when they will not allow uh, fossil fuel cars to be bought and 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 uh, and used anymore I, th I think it will take us anything anything between 10 to 20 years to do the same in, in, in the food industry. It takes time and younger generations will adapt faster. Older generations, they will take their time and maybe hesitate. And what about in terms of globally? Do you think this is a, a more of a Western thing currently? 
No, currently, yes, but I think China will surpass us in the next three years. Uh, we, we see this in other, in real estate, we see it in cars, we see it almost everywhere. The moment China or other Asian countries decide to do it, uh, then it just top down, it, it gets executed and done. And uh, they are exploring, they look at the movement, obviously the West Coast in the US is the most developed market, then probably Germany. Uh, I think in, in the next three to five years, you will see the movement and the product offering uh, in, in uh, Asia be extensive and bigger than here. That's really interesting. And and there are already examples of that happening. That's not just in the future, isn't it? I mean, we need Asia on board. What, totally. what say totally. we? I mean, if, if this is to be the future, Asia must come on board with this. Yes, absolutely. And I can tell you, as we speak, we are building a factory in China, in mainland China, and, and we already get money from the government. And this is difficult in China until you can talk to them, until they listen to you. Uh, but the government and uh, in China, it's all about the government. Uh, they want to do this. They just don't know how and, and when. But uh, the Chinese government has, has announced four years ago that they want to cut meat consumption by 50 percent by 2030. Uh, they just didn't know how, but they're working on it. And we can already tell as a little startup, we get support from the Chinese government so they see the opportunity and the necessity here that's extraordinary perhaps you could um tell us about some of the things at the moment that you're excited about some of the businesses that you're looking at and and thinking people should know about going to be making waves in the future yeah, I, I think I think when 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 we go back in time, uh, the, the first time I, I heard about plant-based food, and, and we're not talking about beans and lentils and fresh whole food salads and vegetables. That's obviously you want to eat this all day long. Uh, but when it comes to plant-based food, in in a, in, a con, in a convenience way of thinking, where, where you can come home and, and just put a few burgers on the grill or a few chicken nuggets into into the microwave, and a lot of people are dependent to this very easy solution because they work and then they have children that are hungry. So so it was the burger that came first and then the first uh, Beyond Meat and Impossible Burgers. Uh, this was a sensation, and you could see over the years how they got better and cheaper. And uh, the same happens currently with uh, chicken. I, 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 I told this to Bloomberg two years ago in Berlin. I said the next will be chicken. And, and you can see it now, the, the, the chicken nuggets, the chicken burgers, and also, also nice, uh, clean products like chicken strips are coming to the market. Uh, so this is, this is the topic at the moment. And what I'm very excited about, what is very, very early days and very small volumes and the products are not there yet. Uh, but when you think about the whole topic of seafood, seafood is bigger than the whole meat uh, part, even bigger, even more animals killed. And uh, you see the first plant-based tuna coming, you see plant-based sushi coming. It's still very early days, but I'm very, very excited about uh, what will be presented to us in the next two to three years when it comes to replacement of, of uh, seafood. Uh, do you have worries or misgivings about plant-based meat ingredients, for example, that at the moment there are still quite a lot of things in plant-based alternatives that aren't necessarily used the word clean then, but that you might not associate with being clean? I mean, there's still synthetic sort of additives in these foods. 
Yeah, that's totally right. And and when you when you look at certain burgers, they have an ingredient list uh, that, that that you don't want to read. It's over thirty items. Uh, when I look at certain chicken uh, products that are plant based, I see four to six ingredients. So the chicken products are already much cleaner than the burger burger replacements, and it's also uh, very very difficult to 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 make a red meat product uh, without using these ingredients. That said, is is a when I heard the the word food tech the first time I was laughing and I said, yeah, you tell me tech because you want to increase your valuation in this finance round, but is it really tech? And and by now I'm convinced it is tech. So what you will see is these pro- products, they get not only tastier uh, and, and getting a better texture and, and, and uh, getting cheaper over the next years, you will also see how the ingredients list shrinks, 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 and the products will be more healthy. And so these companies, they are learning, they are working on it, they invest millions in R&D to make the product healthier and cheaper, and it's a question of time. At the moment, obviously not every burger and every chicken nugget could claim that it's healthier, healthy, healthy in, in, in general. I'm pretty sure it's healthier than the meat alternative right now, but in the future, these products will get much, much better and you will see the ingredients list shrink. But of course, um, environmentally, you, one hopes that those they, as the ingredients list shrinks, for it to be worthwhile, it must be much better for the environment to produce plant-based meat ingredients. At the moment, we still see them being based on monocultures, don't we? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But this is this is a, a very easy argument to make. Is is uh, if 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 you look at soy, for example, and 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 you look. Uh, at, at, at the United States, you will. You, I, I know the United States figures very well because they're public and, and the market is, has a certain relevance and size. But when, when you look at, at the soy uh, consumption in, in the US, it's 80% of the soy is used as animal feed. Uh, so when you look at the ratio, you need to feed 20 times the amount of soy uh, to a cow to end up with, with, with a pound of meat instead of using the soy and making a plant-based burger out of it or just eat it directly. And both is not organic soy, we know this. Uh, but when you look at this, uh, obviously soy from a monoculture is not a good thing when you make a plant-based product out of it. But just keep in mind, when you use the same product, what is done as we speak, and you give it to the animal, you, cheat, you need 20 times more. So by eating a soy-based, plant-based burger, you just need 20 times less land. I don't want to talk about the CO2 impact and the methane gas and and, and the land use, but already now a plant-based product, when it comes to environment, is X times better than the animal version. I have no doubt that that that, that is true. Uh, What about also lab-grown meats, which... Uh, I know you're investing in as well and which are very much a thing of the future. Again, uh, it's it's so interesting to explore with you the kind of pros and cons. And I think that the, the main worry about lab-grown meat is that while it is much more environmentally friendly now, when it becomes scaled up and more people use it, will the impacts on, on the environment then become something of a concern? Totally not. I, 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 I mean, not in a negative way. The, the production of of, a, of, of a, an animal protein in a tank or 
or, or, or in, a, in a facility where you can do it by the multiplication of cells instead of doing it within an animal is, is even, even more environmental friendly than the plant-based version because you almost need zero land now and zero water. Uh, the, point, the point is uh, it will take uh, another five to ten years until this is really scalable. Uh, but when you read the press, you see that hundreds of millions and soon billions f go into this market because uh, there's a big hope that this this is going to fly and, and, and will result in a product uh, that is not only better for the environment, uh, but also highly scalable. And uh, when you ask me about the older people or the more resistant people that just want to have the real thing, to mm. put it that way, uh, the, the cultured meat technology will present you with a product uh, that will be to totally identical with the animal version, just with a much smaller footprint on the environment without any antibiotics in it and all these uh, negative side effects. But to have a product that is affordable and, and, and scalable in production, it will take a few years. Within the next two years, you will have a few locations, high-end restaurants, specialized restaurants that will start uh, to serve the first products as we have seen uh, eight, nine years ago with the first plant-based products. So something similar will happen there and then let's see where the future brings us. That's something I'm very interested in you just mentioned. So I wonder sometimes why, if it's not meat, why make it taste and feel so like meat? Why try and make it into something that it's not and not just make plant-based eating its own thing, if that makes sense? And I suppose what you're saying is that really the only way to bring the kind of diehard meat eaters on board is to give them a product that looks like and tastes like what they know. Yeah, it's totally it, it's totally about the transition. Uh, when you ask me how often I eat a Beyond Meat burger, I would say twice a year and not weekly. Uh, but when you ask me how often I did eat corn nuggets when I turned vegan seven years ago, I would say three times a week because I just missed I missed the chicken and, and I missed the meat. So so I replaced it with something that was similar and and, and gave me back what I was missing. So so it's it's really a, a question of a transition process here, uh, where, where where you just have billions of people on the planet that are used to a certain product, and and you cannot just tell them overnight to move to salad and and fresh vegetable and eat beans, which is all involved in a lot of preparation work and time consuming. And some people would even claim that it's more expensive, uh, because they look at the or organic shelf. Uh, so I think to replicate the the, the old product at the beginning and just make it similar is, is the attempt to give the consumer an easy way uh, to move on without giving up something. Uh, can I ask you also, we interviewed Otto Brockway last week about the film Eating to Extinction, which I know you invested in and with Blue Horizon. I, I wonder what propelled you to invest in that film and, and how crucial you feel media and messaging like this is through through film is to this mission? I mean, perhaps it's one of the most important elements. Absolutely crucial. Yeah, We, we financed over 20 movie projects, so eating our uh, way to extinction is one of them. And uh, it, it's just 
very important to educate people. And, and I mean, nobody on the planet, if not a little child, knows where the meat is coming from. But you need to rub it in. You, you need to show it in, 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 a, in a movie with pictures. It, it needs to be engaging and people need to hear it twice and three times and five times. I, it was the same with me when, when, I, when, I, when I turned to a more plant-based diet seven years ago. I, I did kind of know everything. But if you dig deeper, if you see it on pictures, then in a movie, uh, then go to a slaughterhouse. When, when you really see the, the size, the size of the meat trade, what it became over the last 60 years, uh, then you start to feel very bad being part of it. Uh, just knowing that meat comes from an animal is not enough. It always was like this and people feel good about it because everybody does it. But when you see the size that this industry has become and, and the impact also on the environment and our health, uh, then you start to think about your behavior and you change. And, and the movie is just the best way to transport the message and to educate people about it. What do you think, though, about the language and the and the message being so alarmist and apocalyptic, just generally through news? I mean, I'm a journalist. I know what sells and what makes a good film and makes a good documentary. And generally, though, the language around these issues is quite frightening, make, makes the problem feel so overwhelming. Is that the way to get people on board? Totally, totally, because I think we are all ignorant and if you don't slap us in the face from their left and from the right and yell at us, we're just not listening. There's so much noise out there, so much distraction. If you want to get the attention, you need to be loud. And I think it's 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 uh, the job of certain productions to be like this. Uh, there are other ways to, to, to educate people and inform in a more calmer uh, way. Uh, but I think here and there, it, it needs a loud voice. It's, it's a little bit similar to, does it need Greta and, and the, the young uh, uh, people on the street uh, not letting cars go by and, 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 and putting, putting color on, 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 on financial institutions? Uh, maybe not a good thing, but maybe sometimes needed uh, to get the attention of, of, of a broader amount of people. So noise sometimes necessary, I think. And what do you think in terms of the future? You've obviously got your finger very much on the pulse. We're going to be looking at, for example, there's talk about foods being pretty much replaced altogether and moving towards synthetic foods and uh, a product, for example, Soylent, and giving up food in its original form as we know it. Do you think that's likely? Uh, that's that's a little bit far fetched even for me. So, so I I think I think uh, and, and I'm obviously an old white man and 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 not a young millennial, uh, but we will see what what is what is the case in fifty years from now. But but when when I look at all the people I know, including my young daughter, is eating as you have mentioned before, having food, preparing food, eating it together. This this is so. Uh, 
deep in our roots and part of our culture. It's, it's such an important part of, of the daily rhythm, the breakfast, the lunch, the dinner, snacks between, uh, just to, to, to sip a drink and to know that you have all nutrition is, is very efficient and maybe a few nerds in Silicon Valley like that. And I would be a, a typical person to like it too, at least intellectually. Uh, but when I can prepare a meal in the kitchen and share it with my friends, uh, this is such a big value. I don't think that this will be replaced anytime soon. But who knows where we are in 50 and 100 years? Who knows? Last question you've just made me think on a little is when you talk about all that culture and that tradition that is behind food, there's no you don't worry that through moving in however many years time it is to a culture that is just plant-based all the livelihoods the the farmers uh, food production that's become such an important crucial part of so many people's lives i mean what do you see happening to them they will produce another product uh, when, when you have cows today and you raise cows tomorrow you raise pea protein we have over 100 farmers in South Africa that did grow sugarcane that now grow pea protein for us. So you, 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 can, you can give a new product to grow to the farmer and instead of growing animals, they grow plants. And I can tell you, I talked to hundreds of farmers and they don't like to grow an animal and then send it to slaughter. The, most of the farmers actually claim that they love their animals, which sounds crazy when you know what, you, what their final destination is. But they sometimes, especially in Switzerland, where I come from, where everything is much smaller, uh, they even have names for their cows. Even knowing and then Greta or, or, or Marta or whatever the name of the cow is gets to slow, gets slaughtered. But these farmers, uh, they do it because they have to do it. It's how they make their money. And they get very angry when you attack them on, on, on their income strategy. But when you show them an alternative that brings them the similar amount or even more, uh, they are happy to move. So I think the farmer that raises animals today uh, will do something different in the future. Roger, I am so grateful to you for talking to us for this podcast. It really is absolutely fascinating hearing your insider analysis and take on all of these things. I'm so grateful. Thank you very much indeed. A pleasure, Hannah. Great to be here and uh, always happy to come back. Uh, as you talked about the movies and, and, and your podcast here, uh, we can't talk enough about the topic until everybody uh, yeah, is, is, is ready to be part of this change. Thank you very much. Thank you.